Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. We're Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons. We're so glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. We're coming to you from the future home of Legacy Church, Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. Many of you who track with us on the broadcast, you know all about the big changes that have taken place in our lives and in this ministry and in our family over the last six, seven, eight months. Big things. We moved from Fort Worth, Texas. We're now here in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, just outside Colorado Springs. But of course, the biggest news is that Legacy Church is coming. We're so stirred up, so excited about it. God's doing great things here. I've been telling you about our buy up and build out project. That's for this facility that we're in, all this beautiful mountain land that we're on. We've got great pictures. Maybe we can show you some pictures right now, but good things are happening right here. We're in a 30,000 square foot facility and we have claimed by faith $100 a square foot to buy up and build out this entire place. And uh, until recently, Recently, we were about 68% complete. We were now up over 70% complete. So God just continues to increase us and prosper us. And great news is all the money to build out the sanctuary is in the bank, ready to go. Believe in God for some permitting to be released. And as soon as it is, we got contractors ready and, and uh, construction teams ready to get to work. And Sarah is the one that's been right at the head of all of that, leading the teams, leading our team here, helping with the development of the site plan. And it's been a lot of work. I've watched her uh, step off into some things that neither one of us have ever done before. But I was like, yeah, you go do that. Have fun. But watching the grace and the anointing of God come on, Sarah. To, to lead our staff into this and to lead the, the various teams. Good, good, good things are happening and greater things are yet to come. So if you want to be a part of this buy up and build out project with us, we invite you to be uh, open to the Lord and whatever way he would lead you to do that. If it's in your faith, if it's in your agreement, if it's in your finances, then get on board with us and watch as these great things continue to unfold. If you would like to give and be a part of this project, there are a number of ways you can do that. You can give uh, online, pearsonsministries.com, and there's a place for you to designate it to the project, the Buy Up and Build Out project. If you'd like to give via text message, you can do that as well. Text LTV and any dollar amount to the number 28950. That's going to go right into the Buy Up and Build Out project. Or if you'd like to just uh, write a check, you can make it uh, payable to Pearson's Ministries or Legacy Church. You can do that now as well. Use the address that's on your screen. And if you'd like it to go into the project, just mark that somewhere on the check. Buy Up, Build Out, or B-U-B-O. We call it Bubbo around here. Uh, but whatever you do, just find out if you've got an assignment with us in this. And if you do, partner with us in it, knowing and believing that every seed reproduces after its own kind. So whatever it is God has called you to buy up, whatever it is God's called you to build out, when you sow into a project like this, it opens up doors of access for Him to go to work in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. We're, we're seeing awesome things happen. We've had great testimonies from people. We haven't even started Sunday morning services yet, but we've been gathering together on Sunday nights every couple of weeks. Um, some people call them interest meetings. Uh, we just call it family night. We get together in worship. We get together around the Word. And already testimonies, or as we call them, glory stories, are pouring in. And we're seeing good things happen in people's lives. I was thinking about the person that wrote to us just before the end of the year. They 
said they had a $4,000 bill that was due by the end of the year. And they were believing God. And I think it was sometime around November that $1,000 come in unexpectedly. And they were excited about it. They were going to put it towards that big bill that was due. But they were sitting in service at one of the family nights. And the Lord dealt with them that that $1,000 was seed. And they sowed it. I think the husband wrote, he said, I turned to my wife and and told her what I was hearing from the Lord, and she agreed, and they sewed it together, $1,000 in the service that night, and before the end of the year, they got an unexpected check in the mail that totally covered that $4,000 bill. And they wrote as a testimony, attributing it to what the Lord was doing in their lives as the result of their partnership and connection with their new church. And that really has a lot to do with what you and I have been talking about over the last couple of weeks. It matters what kind of atmosphere you're in. You know, if you're not in an atmosphere of faith, then how can you have faith to sow money that you think you need? But they were in a different kind of air. And it was an atmosphere of faith, an atmosphere of love. We've been looking through the scriptures at various places that Paul wrote to different churches. And he said, I thank God for you because I heard about your faith in Jesus. I heard about your love for each other. And right now at the beginning days of this church, Sarah and I are in agreement that that's what we want happening in Legacy Church. We want this place to be an atmosphere full of faith in Jesus and love for each other. But in addition to that, that's what the atmosphere of our home is supposed to be. That's the atmosphere that our children are supposed to be growing up in, one of faith in Jesus and love for each other. Mm -hmm. I want Justice and Jesse years down the road to look back on their time growing up at our house and say, we walked by faith. Everything we did, we did by faith. And mom and dad made us walk in love. (laughs) I mean, how many different times have we said, stop arguing, you know, Mm -hmm. or stop fussing. But how cool is it, I'm thinking about even recently, to sort of overhear the kids just love on each other. Mm -hmm. It's one thing when dad says, tell your sister you love her. But it's another thing when it comes up out of his own Mm -hmm. heart. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it. And I thank God for it. We've been talking on last week's broadcast about having a peaceful habitation. That's a different kind of air. Most people in this world are not breathing that air. The air that they're breathing at home is one full of strife. It's one full of confusion. It's one full of fear and worry. But we don't have to breathe that kind of air. Mm -hmm. You don't have to breathe that kind of air in your home. Your house can have an atmosphere of faith and love and one of peace. We looked at Isaiah chapter 32, verse 18, where God promises that His people would dwell in peaceful habitations. And the Lord's dealt with you so much about that scripture over the years, and especially over the last year, year and a half, that you set your sights on that believe in God for that, that we would have that, a safe place, a secure place, and a peaceful habitation. And, and we're, we're seeing it. We're walking in it. Amen. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about James chapter 3. Yeah. And it tells the difference between wisdom, uh, the wisdom that is from above. And I'll read it to you out of, uh, let's see, verse 14. Uh, Verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Do you want to be wise? You know, the Proverbs talks about the wise woman. Proverbs chapter 14. That's right. The wise woman builds builds her house. house, But a foolish one tears it down. 
in yeah, Hebrew, in Hebrew, it says that a foolish one breaks it apart. Um, I'm seeing something that I hadn't seen. You're always you're, my responsibility. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no. what you're talking about, the building of the house is not just the physical house. That's the atmosphere of the home. Yeah, that's exactly. And so for me, that's been the scripture that's always stood out to me. Yeah. I can either build up my family or I can break them down. Yeah. I can either create an atmosphere that is building and encouraging them, or I can have an atmosphere that tears one down. I know I read a commentary one time and it said a good wife is the saving of her household. She has the ability to bring salvation into a broken, hurting place. You wives, you have the ability and the strength and really it's influence in the home such an influence. You have so much influence. Jeremy has always told me this for years. He's like, do you know how powerful you are? <laughs> like, do you know how much influence and power you have over me? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that. Well, it's pretty true. And it's, it's, aw- it's, true. it's awesome. You have to tell them I said but that. it's really, <laughs> it's really, really, it's true though. A woman, a wise woman and a wife has so much power and so much influence over her home and has has a saving power, has, has the ability to save her household. Now, how do you do that? Well, I mean, there's a lot of situations that really your prayer has saving power. Mm-hmm. You could save a marriage with your prayer. You could have a husband that is so far off and so far gone and is you think is in the natural impossible, hopeless. Yeah. hopeless. But you could save him with your prayer, and it's the Lord through you. It's the power of prayer. Praise God. Somebody and, needs to hear that right now. And I'm just, I think <clears throat> it's a, an amazing scripture that a wise woman can build up her house or she can break it down. And you think about how much influence that you have. Parents, you have so much influence. It's Jeremy and I's responsibility, the atmosphere of our home. We, and, you know, so much of this is done through our words and the power of our words. So getting back to James, this whole chapter, chapter three, is about the untamable tongue hmm. or the power of words and the power of your tongue. Verse nine, I'll just go back a little bit. It says that we bless God, the father, um, with our tongue or we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. You, it's, it's impossible to bless and to curse at the same time. The Lord spoke to me one time and he said, if you spend all your time blessing, you'll have no time for cursing. If you spend all of your time blessing people, loving people, serving people, helping people, you won't have time to curse them with your mouth. And then it goes on. It says, verse 10, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. How does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter? How does it come from the same place? The truth is it can't. You're either always bringing forth life. There's a spring and a well of life coming out of you or it's bitterness. You can't have both. There's a root in there and it has to be either fresh or it's bitter. And that comes, it shows up in your words, but it starts in your heart. That's why so often in the New Testament, you'll see whenever it talks about strife, in the, it, it'll, it'll oftentimes say strife in the heart. Now, a lot of people think that, hey, I'm not going to get strife. Or I'm not, I'm not, not going to get into strife or I'm not going to let strife go on in my home. You think about somebody fighting and yelling and screaming at each other and just this all out brawl. But strife starts in the heart. 
you could go around completely silent and not choose not to get into a fight with your words, but you could still have strife going and working in the heart, which is so unhealthy. It's like living and walking around with unforgiveness. You got to get that out of you and you got to get truth flowing between you and your spouse or you and your family, your kids. And it, if you go on and read this, it says in verse 12, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear, bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Pretty soon you see it coming out in your home, whatever it is going on in your hearts. And it'll be either fresh or it'll be, uh, it'll be dirty. It'll be contaminated or bitter. But if you go on and it talks about here's what you want. Here's the wisdom you want and understanding. And it says in verse 14, if you have that bitter envy and you have that strife or what the translated translates here as self-seeking, mm -hmm. strife is basically selfish ambition. Mm -hmm. Whatever causes it comes from a heart of selfishness. And then it says, if you have that in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth or don't pretend like it's not there. Don't go on for years keeping quiet, get it out in the open, get honest with yourself, get honest with God, get honest with your spouse, get real before God. If you pretend, if you spend all your time pretending, you'll never get anywhere. It says verse 15, this wisdom does not descend from above. It's earthly, sensual, it's even demonic. And that's what, what strife is, self-seeking, self-ambition. Verse 16, for where there's envy and self-seeking or strife where it exists, there's confusion and every evil thing um, is there in that place. Can you imagine letting every evil work, every demonic thing, yielding to it and just letting it roam free in your house? Well, a lot of houses are full of that. Mm -hmm. That's not God's will. God's will for us is verse 16 and verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, mm -hmm. then peaceable, gentle, I love this one, willing to yield. That's just willing to say, I, I'm yielded to you, Lord, and even to your husband, your spouse. I, I defer to you. I, I'll yield to you. I don't have to have my way. I don't have to be selfish in everything. I'm, gonna, I'm going to yield myself over to the presence of God and to the will of God for this family. It may not be easy on the flesh, mm -hmm. but it's not selfish. And it doesn't quit and it doesn't give up easy. Mm. It's full of mercy. Do you show your family members, your spouse or your kids, you show them mercy? Mm. That's, that's the wisdom from above. Good fruit. It's producing something. Did you know your family is supposed to be producing fruit all the time? Your family, your your church family, every, God, every family that's healthy is supposed to be producing fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. Didn't we talk about this earlier, mm. how we want what we're doing in the church to line up with what's going on at home? No hypocrisy, just full of love, full of faith, real, genuine. And then I love this verse 18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace oh, by good. those who make peace. That's good. And you know, you can sow peace. If you've had someone around you that's just, not been peaceful or has done you wrong, 
has not been good to you, you can sow peace and reap mm -hmm. a harvest of peace. It takes faith to do that. It takes faith to go in and spend every morning in prayer for a husband that seems impossible. It takes faith to go in there and to sow peace when there has been strife. But this is saying that it will produce peace. It'll produce good fruit. And you can do those things by faith. Mm -hmm. And I just love how with God, everything is peaceful and it's gentle and it's pure. And he's just like that. So if you want to cultivate that atmosphere, sometimes you have to sow it first. Uh, it was interesting what you read there. Uh, what was it? Verse 16, where there is envy and strife or self-seeking the way the New King James translated it, there is confusion in every evil work. He's literally talking about the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. We're talking about having an atmosphere of faith and love, but this is the atmosphere that most of the rest of this world is living in and breathing every single day. Confusion and every evil mm -hmm. work. And it comes down to envy and strife. In the book of Genesis chapter 13, let me read this to you from verse 7. It says that there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And Abram in verse 8 said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, or between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we're brethren. And he goes on and he says, You can pick any of the land. What's he doing? Yielding. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about this whole account and what Abraham, what Abram at that point really said to Lot when he said, you can pick anything you want. You pick for yourself and your cattle, your family, your herdsmen, whatever land you want, and I'll go the other way. Mm. Why? So that there'd be no strife between mm -hmm. us. But do you realize how much faith in God it took to say to Lot, you can have whatever you want? Mm -hmm. He was not trying to get for himself the best. He was not trying to arrange it. And although he could have, he's the elder. He's the one that's, he's the one that's responsible mm -hmm. for Lot's prosperity. He's the one, he's the whole reason that Lot has herds and herdsmen and cattle and wealth. Abraham, by, by uh, right, could have laid claim to the very best, but he had so much faith in God that he was willing to yield. Mm -hmm. Is that what James said? Mm -hmm. That that wisdom, that peaceable wisdom is willing to yield. Mm -hmm. And he said to Lot, you take whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And Lot chose for himself the best. Mm -hmm. But it was right after that, that in verse 14, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, or in other words, after the strife was gone, after the strife was out, God spoke to Abram and said, Lift your eyes now. Look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Let's tell you something. God cannot speak clearly to you in an atmosphere of strife. He needs peace. There must be peace there. You've got to be in with good air and out with bad. Mm. Peace is the air you want to be breathing, not an atmosphere full of strife. And God will not speak up in it. He can't speak up in it. You want to know why? Because strife is so loud. Mm. Strife 
so fills up somebody's heart and somebody's mind. Mm -hmm. And often it demonstrates itself in loudness, in a raised voice. And it is so hard to hear the still small voice of your father speaking to you by his word and by his Holy Spirit in an atmosphere full mm -hmm. of strife. Mm -hmm. I love what Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between us. You know, you need to put those words in your mouth. If it's you to your spouse or somebody else mm -hmm. in your home, let there be mm -hmm. no strife between us. Now, I'm not advocating for you to just separate and divorce, no. But if you have to, shut down the strife. Mm -hmm. You ought to have this policy in your home. I know we have it in our home. We have a zero strife policy. And at work. Mm -hmm. And at work as well. Now, that doesn't mean that Sarah and I haven't fussed or we don't, we haven't had arguments. Absolutely we have. Sure we have. But when you really get down to what strife is, it's not just an argument. You touched on it. It's the self-seeking. Mm -hmm. It's the selfish ambition. It's the constant awareness of what I want, I what I need, my way. my way, exactly right, what I have to have. It's this constant awareness of self. Mm -hmm. And if you've got two people in a house and this one is only aware of themselves and this one is only aware of themselves, then you are going to have an atmosphere full of strife because they're going to fuss and they're going to fight until one gets their way. Mm -hmm. But if you're in, if you've got two people in a house and this one is not just aware of themselves, but they're aware of the other. Mm -hmm. They are aware of what they desire, what they need. And this one is aware of what this one needs. And they're both aware of what the word requires and demands of the house. Then you can have an atmosphere mm -hmm. full of faith and love. Mm -hmm. But I think what Abram said is so key to us. Let there be no strife yeah. between us. Yeah don't tolerate the strife. I, I think we're probably going to have to spill on into the next broadcast talking about this, but there's so much to it. But you see it even in the, in the lives of Jesus' own disciples, mm -hmm. thinking about times where they were fussing with each other and arguing with each other over who would be the greatest. Mm -hmm. It's all, if you have strife in your home, it is from selfishness. That's it. That's what it's from. And that's what these guys were arguing over. I'm going to be the greatest. No, I want yeah. to be the greatest. And they're arguing over place. Yeah. And when people aren't confident in their God-given place mm -hmm. and they're clamoring for another place, then strife can arise. Mm -hmm. And it happened even in the lives of Jesus' own staff. Yeah. The Bible says that a dispute arose among them. Mm -hmm. But before we leave the broadcast today, I, I need to say this to you. You need to make this quality decision right now, here today, that even if the air in your home has been full of strife, that from this day forward, you have a no strife mm -hmm. policy in your house. You are, you are committed to living the no strife life. Yeah. And by faith, start sowing peace. That's how you do start it. Start praying. Start getting in faith for your family. Yeah. Don't give up too quick. God's plan for you is to look back years and years from now and say, look what, where God has brought us from. He's brought us up out of a pit yeah. and he has set us on a high place. Don't give up yeah. because God loves family. If he joined you together, if God joined it, don't let anybody yeah. and anything, any devil <laughs> tear you apart. That's right. So how do you live the no strife life? You do it by first of all, crucifying the flesh. Mm -hmm. 
all the self and the selfishness. Willing to yield. And be willing to yield. I, I believe that's the big key mm -hmm. for this broadcast today, a willingness to yield. Are you willing to yield for the sake of the atmosphere of Amen. your home? And if you are, God can flood that place full of faith and full of love. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. <laughs>